episode of the Lore Entertainment Podcast. I'm Andrew Southwick. Thanks so much for all of you for checking out this episode of the show and uh, past episodes of the show as well. We've got so much going on today. Of course, uh, our guest today, Lore CEO, or CEO, yeah, CEO. So he's the man. And also, I, I, I came up with this line. I don't know if it's funny, but I'm going to use it anyway. If, if his facial hair were an element, his face would be on fire. None other than Marcus Pittman. Marcus, thanks for hanging out with us today. You got you got me on the bad beard day. <laughs> it's all over the place today and not going anywhere. But uh, Right on. That's okay, cool. man. I, I would always have a bad beard. I'm not a facial hair person, but I try to have this sort of like Strider from or Aragorn from Lord of the Rings scruff thing. But now that... You know, I'm 43 and I'm starting to see the grays coming in. So now it's, I'm going to have to be careful about that. But yeah, yeah this anyway. is the, the beard of someone who is running a startup technology company <laughs> in the early days of launch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this will be your, uh, your, your Jeff Bezos in the garage with Amazon written on cardboard above him kind of pictures, man. You got you to gotta have it, man. And then eventually I'll be able to get the Elon Musk implants, you know. Like the, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait for that day. Did did you hear that? I guess there's already a human. Uh, there's already a human test sub- subject for that. Did you see that? Oh no, that you're talking about for the Neuralink. Yeah, the brain. The brain. So I was talking about like Elon actually got hair transplant. Oh, but I see. Uh, I'm excited about the Neuralink. I know a lot of Christians are weirded out about it, but I think it's going to be great. Um, just the what it can do for people with Parkinson's and stuff could be like miraculous. So. All I'm right. very in favor of new technology. <laughs> I know so. Most of the time, Christians are fearful of, of technology. That's that's what makes it so hard to run a technology company as a Christian, because most people are, are afraid. Um, but I, I, I'm, all, I'm a futurist. I love all that stuff. And I think all technological advancements just help further the kingdom. So. I'm just like, as long as it doesn't fall into the hands of you know, the brain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Megatron or something like that, you know, like that, that's all I'm looking out for because that, that is who would get it in our crazy cartoon world. Anyway. All right. Well, we talk, we're talking today about a new release on lure.tv, L-O-O-R.tv. In fact, let me get my little inviting uh, ticker going here. Subscribe today, lure.tv, L-O-O-R.tv. Oh, before I get here, I want to, at least at least as of the production of this episode, the first episode of The Salter just was funded, and that's available on Lure. And we just I just interviewed Cody Halford. So I know that interview is coming up, or maybe it already has by the time this one will air. Did you interview him um, post-funding? What's that? Did you interview him post-funding? I interviewed him pre-funding, just pre-funding, like two weeks yeah. ago. That's a, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, it just kind of happened suddenly. Mm-hmm. There was a big, somebody bought like the $500 gold loot pack and threw it all on a, on the Salter and it pushed it to like 90%. And then everybody got excited and started just funding it. And they got it like another 10% and like less than the 24 hours. Yeah. Um, just really prove the model works, prove that it works and, uh, the funding of content really is, is the goal. And then, you know, and then like Cody Alford's like, it's a short film, uh, but it just shows you um, that what lore, the possibility for lore when it's for funding feature films and, uh, and, and big motion p- picture television series. Um, yeah. And, and it shows you that, 
you, you, it's I, where did I hear this? I think it was on Dan Bongino's show, but he talks about how it's not the first, it's not the first guy on the dance floor that starts the trend. It's the second and the third guy on the dance floor that start to do it. And so, <laughs> and then everybody else joins in and you all of a sudden you have, you know, you're doing the end of Greece, right? So right. Th- th- that's really what, but, but it is, that does work. And that happens in other spheres. We're, we're, we're proving that as a model for lore and a model for filmmaking through lore, and lure.tv and we see that now in real time with the Salter. So I just want to give a shout out and congratulations there. And um, because we've got another uh, series, American Live, which is a comedy series, a stand-up comedy. And right off the top, let's get the controversy out of the way right now and then we'll move on to the show. Controversy? I haven't heard anything. Oh, well, there's gonna be if there's not if there's not already. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what is it? Uh, when does it? When's the? It's debuting. It's not. Oh, it's not out today, is it? Well, by the time people see this, it'll be out it, already. It, but it debuts tomorrow. But so when this comes out, it'll already be available to watch. All right. But the official debut day is September twenty second. Yeah. This will be out a little after that, so it's already out now. You can already see it. But what you will see, though, one of the things you know, right at the top, it is. It's an adult special, and we've got the new rating system on Lure and all that that that, that debuted a little bit ago. But it's adult, so it's while it's not going to be graphic sex and nudity and all these things, because that's part of uh, Lure's parameters, and not to include those things. It does have coarse language, and and the topics are risque and and things of that nature. And I mean risque in terms of edgy, in terms of not what you would see at the church fundraiser, not what you would see at the, at the picnic or the evangelistic event. Doesn't mean it can't be evangelistic. Doesn't mean it can't be useful for kingdom terms, but look, it's not something that normally a Christian branded promotion or platform or a Christian branded company or community or church or whatever would put out. So first Marcus, how did American live get on your radar and why are we okay with the 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 truly edgy nature and content that will people will find in American life? Yeah. Okay. So first, let's start off with how it came on our radar. Yeah. So me and Jason travel a lot for lore. So we go meet with artists. We've gone, you know, to New York City. We a few times, um, Los Angeles a lot, um, and uh, you know, so much that. Like, like we, me and Jason travel so much that we, we have our own, like we know which hotel we're going to go to when we stay somewhere, that sort of thing. Like it's gotten to that point. Um, I got like, I got the gold elite status on Marriott, like that sort of stuff. Um, so one of the things we started to do just to help with that routine and like fill time, but not waste time was we started to go to comedy clubs, um, in the evenings when there was a show, um, that was, that made sense for us to be able to go to. Um, and the reason we did that is because if you were to look around and you were to try to point to one thing or one institution, that's probably most responsible for the transformation of American culture in the past 50 years, it's Saturday night live. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's probably no question about it. Um, and I, I, one, I think Christians don't ever think really deeply about this stuff. Um, it, so like it goes over their heads, but what, what Lauren Michaels is probably the most influential individual in the history of pop culture, um, ever. Um, and, and what he's done is he basically goes to improv comedy clubs. He finds the guys who he believes, uh, 
have what it takes. And then he hires them for pennies to be on Saturday night live. Right. So I mean, like, I mean the, 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 the first year Saturday night live crew members, ca- uh, cast members only get like, you know, like it's like a thousand bucks a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the bare minimum to live in the vicinity of New York city, whatever that number is. Um, and, and then he keeps them on for a few years. And then once they're on for a few years, they become a full-time cast member. Um, so they're background cast and then, uh, they're full-time cast. And then after they've been a full-time cast for a while, unless you're like, you know, Keenan Thompson, uh, <laughs> you, you, you go on to do much bigger movies and TV shows and, you know, you can become, um, Adam Sandler, right? Yeah. Well, right. back in the day, it was like, uh, the announcer, you know, featuring, uh, what's his, that's the dude's name, uh, featuring, yeah, or featuring Tim Meadows. And then Tim Meadows was on for a thousand years and then he does some movies and that kind of thing. Chevy Chase, yeah, yeah did that and they launched him that way. But they, yeah, there is a progression of advancement for these uh, comedians and these talented, um, yeah, talented artists. You see, like, you know, then you see like Tina Fey, um, mm-hmm. who's, probably being groomed to take over Lauren Michaels spot. Um, but, but she's a background producer did 30 rock. Right. So, you know, Amy Poehler, you know, did parks and recreation. Um, uh, Steve Carell, who was not on Saturday night live, uh, was still was working with Stephen Colbert, but it all came, but the point is it all came from improv, improv comedy, right? Like right. Colbert and Stephen Carell, was doing improv comedy. Um, well, they were doing, people don't know this. They were featured players on the Taco Bell Dana Carvey show. Do you remember that show? Yeah, so it, that's like, that's a whole nother, like that's a whole nother venue. Like the, you which know, also they, came out of Saturday Night Live because Dana Carvey was Saturday Night Live. Series is uh, phenomenal <laughs> on that. Uh, what's the name of that? What's the name of that series? I've seen it. I forget the name of it. Uh, but Which one? Uh, the one about the Dana Carvey show. It's what what series? There, what there's mean? a documentary. There's a documentary oh, series about uh, the Dana Carvey show. It's yes, called, I, it's called Too Big to Fail. Yeah, um, I saw that on. It was like on Netflix or something. It was really interesting. Yeah, it's Hulu. It's phenomenal. Hulu. Um, yeah, it's but it goes into that whole Dana Carvey leaving Saturday Night Live at the top of his game and doing uh, the show on ABC right after TGIF. It's just. <laughs> that's really so but anyway it's yeah. all improv comedy right like there's this there's this stand-up comedy underground comedy culture that is really at the core of pretty much all of entertainment um even when you talk about dramatic act- actors right robin williams uh uh you, you could go to um uh you know adam sandler is doing incredible drama right so like all the and now he's a, probably the wealthiest they say adam sandler is the wealthiest saturday night live cast member because of uh but because of uh the studio happy madison studios and his netflix deals and all this stuff that he's transitioned. but anyway the point is it's right there with comedy underground comedy so me and jason made the decision to start going to underground comedy shows and we went to new york city the comedy cellar is one of the most famous ones um and you go there and you walk in and the bodyguards take your phone they put it in a sealed like fedex envelope and then the bodyguard signs his name over the seal and then they take you to your table and the waitress asks to see your unbroken seal uh, before the com- comedians come out and and sometimes that's because you have big names at the comedy cellar like Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle will come and work on a set and they don't want that getting out there before, you know, they're special. But other, most of the time 
it's we found it was because a lot of the comedy is not woke at all. Um, and in mm. fact, a lot of the worst comedians in these underground comedy cellars, uh, comedy clubs are uh, the woke comedians. The woke comedians get booed. They get heckled. They get moans and groans. And then you have these uh, just conservative comedians that are making, whether it's an anti-gay joke, anti-trans joke or um, uh, anti-woke joke, uh, just all that sort of anti-Biden. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, they're getting the biggest laughs. And this is in the middle of New York City. <laughs> that I'll tell you what, man, that is true even on top level comedy. So just a, a quick aside to, to to add credence to your point. My son, big Jim Gaffigan fan. We've always liked the Jim Gaffigan specials and stuff. He is hilarious. His latest special, have you seen it? It's uh came out on Amazon, I think. I I might have. I, I, it, I, the first my son was totally turned off. The first he opens it up with all the wokeness and how all the unjabbed people are going to die and that kind of thing. And my son was just like that. I I'm fine. If you want to tell jokes about that, but you're just insulting me. That's dumb. And and he, so he didn't even watch the rest of the special, but yeah. to your point of woke comedy doesn't work. Woke culture doesn't work. And it's, it's just, it's just not funny. And so even what you would call, like you, you were mentioning, uh, you know, anti-gay or anti-trans, it's not even that it's really poking fun at the, the, the cultural absurdity of what we're, what we're led to believe by either media spouts and leaders and all this other stuff. And, it, and it's crying out to be made fun of. I interrupted continue. No. Yeah. So, so we, we, so that was like the first immediate thing we saw, right. Mm-hmm. The, the gay comics were not getting big laughs. Um, and um, all the people pushing LGBT stuff in their comedy were just not getting big laughs. Um, and uh it just it just became really self apparent from New York to L A to um to to we went to, I went to Nashville we went to a, 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 we walked into a comedy club improv comedy club and uh, there's these big signs on the door that said this is a safe place for all people uh, this comedy club is a safe place for all people and and uh, there's a big you know rainbow flag on the door and. Uh, uh, you know, Jason made some jokes to the bartender about it being a safe place in a comedy club, and the then the bar owner, the the bar the bartender just looks up and points at the gay flag. <laughs> he goes, "It's it's gay owned club," and uh, it was the worst comedy show we've ever been to because they every now and then they would start to do like a really good anti woke joke, but they would pull their punch, like you could mm-hmm. see it, like, uh, like they knew they're not allowed to do that there. And the audience felt it. It was just really weird and strange. So um, uh, we can get into why that's funnier later, but just get, <laughs> to get to try to go into the the point, um, Jason got connected with a conservative comedy booker named Sean Paul. And Sean Paul said, hey, I'm doing this comedy show in L.A. and you're going to be there at the same time. I'd love for you to come see our comedy show. So we walk into downtown L.A. and in Burbank. Um, which is, you know, liberal movie studio and it's sold out. There's people outside um, the door that can't get in because the whole comedy club is sold out for this conservative patriotic comedy show called American Live. And me and Jason watched it. We were there. We were in the audience and it was one of the funniest comedy specials we've ever seen. Um, some of the funniest underground comedy we've ever seen. Um, and uh, it, it was completely like the anti-vax jokes, anti-everything um, was there um, as part of this thing. Um, and it was just hilarious. And the audience was, was just screaming, laughing at, at times. And 
we just thought that we were just witnessing something really crazy in the middle of a liberal town like Burbank in Hollywood in California. Um, it's a sold out. Um, mm -hmm. and we felt that there was something there now, now, uh, this is, this is not a Christian event. This is not a Christian comedy club. Um, this is not, this is, this was a regular comedy club. Um, and, and the, some of the comedians were Christians, some were not, um, some of the jokes were definitely over the edge. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and, but the point was, I think that in order for comedy to work, especially stand-up comedy, it has to be broadcasted live in a way that allows the comedians to fail. Mm -hmm. um, that's how you know if it works or not. Um, and so what we wanted to do when we got the opportunity, when we they were recording this and we came up with the deal to be able to put this on lore, we knew that it wasn't going to be... Uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, my camera went out for some reason. Um, but but anyway, uh, so uh, we we knew that it wasn't going to be the most popular among uh, the 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 more separatist Christian crowds. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and and so, uh, but we made the decision to go with it anyway because somebody needs to take ownership of a movement in the country that's happening. Mm -hmm. it's like Christians need to be the ones that sees this thing happening and coming and sanctifying it with all yeah. its warts. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. comedy is that way. Look, even with Christian comedy, um, like there's a difference between church comedy and Christian comedy. Um, and I think like a lot of times we mistake the comedy of church comics as this is what Christian comedy is. Uh, but not, it's really not. And in most instances, a lot of the church comics don't want to do comedy that's acceptable in the church building because it's just, it's, it's not even clean comedy. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's like, it's a, uh, it's neutered comedy, right? <laughs> it's, like it's, it's, it's above clean comedy. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and also, you know, one of the comedians told us he's, you know, he's like, you know, he's Christian and he says, basically, um, uh, if, if, if I, if I become, uh, if I become a clean comic, I'm not, I cease being a Christian comic. And if I become hmm. a Christian comic, I would have to cease being a clean comic. And what he means by that is, uh, is, is that the, the, the expectations of a Christian comedian in comedy, um, negates, uh, the ability to talk about um, homosexuality or transgenderism, because that's not, you, you get kicked out of churches for talking about those sort of subjects. So mm -hmm. that's why he says like, I, like, I, like I have to basically tone down my Christianity and my comedy as a weapon. If I become a church comic. Well, even in, even in, even from the pulpit, even, even pastors, if pastors in many churches, if they talk about homosexuality, if they talk about transgender, they're, they're hearing it from their congregations and, and sometimes led right out of the building. I want to show a couple of, couple of clips, give people an idea of what we're talking about here. And, um, and then we can, we can look at how, what we hope. And what you hope, I should say, this does not just for lore, but in terms of advancing the movement. So let's take a look at a couple of the clips here. This is vertical video, so I didn't actually, and I did not re, um, I did not repurpose it for horizontal sixteen by nine, all that good stuff. But nonetheless, here is one of them. Let's check this out. Everybody, everybody broke. 
The other day I almost had enough for a gallon of gas. I was like 33 cents show. <laughs> you ever be so broke you almost got enough for a gallon of gas? Uh, give me 85 ounces on pump three. <laughs> I have to borrow some gas to get home. Excuse me, you're going to use all your gas. <laughs> we got any Hispanics in the house? Hispanics, give it up for yourselves. They, they work hard, don't they? The Hispanics were slavery. Slavery would have been over in two weeks. <laughs> they would have been looking for unemployment. We got nothing else to build homes. <laughs> So he's got that that comedian has an interesting story too because he came from gang life and then God brought him out of that and so that's an interesting story that he has. But let me show you one more here because this one I also I caught somebody in the audience who I know now I've never met him in person but I've never met anybody in person. I live in my garage like a nerd. So, uh, but the well, let me show the clip and I'll I'll point it out. Here's another one from American Life. I think the Transgender Athletic Scholarship Foundation, their motto is together we will win every single time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with us tonight is a recent scholarship recipient. Megan, would you please stand up? Yeah. And finally, I want to thank the Joe Biden Alzheimer's Foundation. Where their motto is. That, so, Megan there, I know who that is. I won't say his name here, but I, he, uh, we met through a mutual friend eons ago. But it was weird as I was watching these clips. And I'm like, dude, there he is. I know who that is. I know who Megan is. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's a, a taste of what you'll see. There, there, there are some others, um, and if we got, if we have time at the end, we'll maybe play one more. But Marcus, I want to. First of all, why do you think that this this content then is a fit for lore? And coming off of that, what do you hope it accomplishes in terms of not only growth for lore, but in in putting forward the overall message that Lore's platform in part is is carrying? Yeah. Well, we want to be we want to use lore to be, to own the culture, right? To take it back. Um, and, and part of that means you're going to get your hands messy. You're going to be a part of uh, stuff that not everybody agrees with, but that's also why with lore, you get the option to fund the next episode, right? You don't have to fund the next episode, um, you know? And so one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to reach a broader conservative audience uh, that has uh uh, you know, uh, turn their nose up to any time you say Christian or faith-based movie, um, just because the reputation is so bad. Um, but also, um, these Christian—I mean, these these conservative comics are so skilled and so talented, and there's nowhere for them to go. Um, you know, they're they're way too politically incorrect to go on a uh, conservative political streaming platform. Um, uh, and then they're, uh, they're, they're not Christian enough to go on dry bar or pure flicks. Um, uh, well, they're not clean enough for dry bar and they're not Christian enough for, uh, pure, uh, clean, clean. I guess they're just not clean enough, um, for any of those, <laughs> any of those. Um, so, so like that's sort of like the challenge is like, where can they live? 
Um, yeah. And where can they build a name for themselves and work on their skills and their talents? And how can lore be used as almost a Saturday Night Live sort of means right. to develop comics and send them out into the world um, so that they can get a, a broad mainstream uh, sort of following. And I think it's way more important for the Christians to be the ones who try to figure out and solve that problem than it is to just leave the vacuum and let other people come in and, and figure it out. Um, and, and so I'd much rather take the risk on our, us uh, for all the bad jokes uh, than uh, to give that to someone else. Uh, so, so that, that's why, um, and, and, and uh, you know, we're not, we're as Christians, we're not called to be separatist. You know, so if someone once told me, you know, the gift of discernment means uh, listening to things you don't agree with, or right? it means you have to listen to things you don't agree with. Um, or, or, or hear things that you don't like so you can sharpen your skills of discernment. It doesn't mean to only listen to things that you agree with, uh, you know. So so there is a, this implication that Christians are to be in the world, but not of the world. And that, that mm -hmm. means owning culture and coming and taking it with all its messy, uh, all its messiness. And so that's sort of uh, what we want. Lord to be, and we want Lord uh, to be the platform that if people go too far, then the audience will tell them, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, the audience will fund the next episode, uh, right? So there, there's always that, and um, the, you know, allows the free market to really make those decisions. So let's take a look at one more clip here uh, in our closing minutes, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Please feel free to sing along if you know the words. Another guy told me he was a vegan. I say, vegan? I love Star Trek. I like white guys with blue eyes. But he must have two of them. Now I want to meet a man with a Tesla car. So every Friday night, I put on tight dress and hang out at the electric vehicle charging station. Um, my That's goodness, I like that clip. I'm going to tell, tell you, she is, if, if you study comedy, um, if you study comedy, like as an art form, she was probably one of the best writers there that night. Um, hmm. Just like the, the complexity of her. I mean, first off, uh, that is that is how she talks. <laughs> we went up to her afterwards. I was I thought that was a character, but no, she like English is like literally her uh, not her first language. And that is her real accent. And uh, so to be able to write jokes that are quick one liners at that quick quickness and that speed uh, with English being your handicap mm -hmm. is insanely talented. Um, she's insanely talented, and uh, yeah. uh, and 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 the jokes you can't understand are are, are pretty good. So uh, she's she's phenomenal. Um, Nicole Tran is is there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just closing, it's Adam Yenser, writer for the Babylon Bee. He's actually on camera. Uh, on camera, did a lot of Man on the Shoot stuff for Ellen on the Ellen mm -hmm. Show. Um, he's the headliner of the, of the show, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a really great comedy special. A lot of people, um, a lot of different varieties, but all under, you know, 
not being leftist woke nonsense. <laughs> so, uh, well, there you have it. American Live, first episode available now on Lure.tv. And we encourage you to uh, put your loot behind uh, American Live. I mean, there's so many things, obviously, to put your loot behind. And, and every filmmaker, even Lure uh, itself, Marcus, the whole gang, uh, we're, we're grateful that you put your loot behind all these projects. And as Lure grows, they're going to be able to be funded quickly they're going to be able to um, reach all different versions and, and niches within the broader lore audience and so everything is just cutting off the ground now but american live again episode one available right now on lore.tv l-o-o-r.tv marcus any last words before we wrap up uh just uh invite your friends to join uh and and let's continue to grow and be able to fund projects faster yesterday when everybody was funding um the softer you could see the episode live ticking up and funding live it was really cool to watch um and uh and i think like just the future of what that'll be when you see that at scale is going to be tremendous watching episodes fund almost in real time is going to be really great yeah, we're, we're, this is this is a movement and all of us, not just not just, you know, Marcus, those of you on the lower leadership and, and founding side or or those of us on the media communication side, like with the podcast, but all of us lower subscribers are a part of this movement and it is making history. And hopefully, Lord willing, I believe it will. It's going to make that history and it will change filmmaking and entertainment especially when it comes to faith-based or base faith entertainment as it were uh for decades and decades to come so uh marcus thank you for being on the show today for marcus pittman i'm andrew southlake this has been the lore entertainment podcast and we'll see you next time